Um, by the way, yes, I've been thinking about an experience I had yesterday that I wanted to tell you about. Oh man! But I'm trying to think. I'm trying to work on my uh, my build up, my my uh, my delivery. So, I'm give okay, this a can shot. I guess what it was? Sure. Okay, did you run over an armadillo? I did not run over an armadillo. Man, no. Okay, that was my first guess. Second guess. <clears throat> um, did you have a child? crawl from the back seat of your moving vehicle to right behind you and and then like cover cover your eyes no and say dad 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 no, dad nothing like that no no we went to uh we went to the sunflower festival yesterday i'm so sorry yeah how did you get roped into that well let me let me tell you about it so yeah we get there and there's booths set up and there's food trucks but did you say? Did you say that there was booths set up? There booths, booths, okay. booths set up because that was about to become a much more interesting sunflower <laughs> festival. <laughs> and there were there were food trucks, but like the boys and I did a lap, and I could tell pretty quick like they weren't into it, you know. And so how how could they be? Well, you know, it was clear this was not a like we were not the target demographic. No, for that event, you were pilgrims in a strange land. Mm, it's interesting that you use that word. And so at one point we ended up on sitting on this swing and Owen says to me, this is like for white chicks. <laughs> <laughs> so we've dubbed the, 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 the sunflower festival will hereby here, heretofore be referred to as white girl Mecca. Oh, <laughs> white girl Mecca. <laughs> Welcome to Deutero Cannons. I'm Byron, and with me, as always, is Justin. Party on, Justin. Party on, Byron. And it's been a it's been a while since we've partied. It's been a healthy minute. Uh, what where where have you been? What have you been up to? Man, I've I've been I've been hither and yon. <laughs> I've I've been far, and then I've been further, farther, further or farther. I've been both further and farther. Yeah, and you know, further seems forever. Was it's, that, a, it's a band. Was that a bunch of one liners? Maybe or just dad jokes. No, they weren't dad jokes. It's 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 really me being speechless almost at all the places that I've been. Mm. Uh, first of all, Washington D.C. Yikes! It's a swamp. Did you have to go to that? Sort of. Okay. Okay. I I, I, I went there. Were you there against your will? Mostly. Yeah. Mostly, it was one of those things where I had to go to thing A or thing B. And thing A was so bad that it made me volunteer for thing B. What was it? Okay. Is, do, do we want to expound on that at all? The, the thing A was this training thingy. And by the way, when I use the word thingy, it's like, you're a language arts teacher. How dare you say words like thingy? Uh -huh. Well, I mean it. Okay. I, I really mean it. If I call something a thingy, it's it's a term of derision. Okay, got it. Okay, so it's yep. not it's not a lack of specificity. Keeping it rated G or something. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. So fill in the blank. Okay. Thingy. Thingy. Yeah. Thingy. And I I, te I tend to spell it T H I N G, I E. <laughs> Just because that, that that makes it seem, even more, I don't know. Worthless. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
So you didn't go to the thingy, thing E. Yeah, I went to thingy B instead of thingy A because thingy A was so wretchedly dreadful. Okay. And, and to, to really talk about that, we would have to dig into the origins of psychology, going back to like the original German psychologists in the 1880s. Right. And there are disciples in America who decided to take their atheistic assumptions about what a human being is and apply them to the problem of how to educate a person. I mean, you're using the word educate, so I'm already, you know, you lost me there. Yeah. You know. Because you know nothing about education. I know something about teaching, just not about educating. Yeah, good point. I don't consider myself an educator. I consider myself a teacher. Right. But that's a dirty word nowadays, isn't it? It sort of is. Right. It's... And they come up with a with a new catch term, like jargony term, politically correct, something or other for for teacher every few years. So, you know, first it was teacher, you know, which is good. And then it's like educator and then facilitator and then instructional, motivational, adjunctive, converging thingy. (laughs) Yeah safe space provider so a bunch of educators got together to talk about the failures in education or something how we can do it better oh well thingy a thingy a really was um i don't know have you heard of like pavlov or bf skinner as in pavlov's dog as in pavlov's dog yes yeah so imagine taking that and turning it on children okay that hmm so i really wasn't into it right so Instead of doing that, I decided to go to Washington, D.C. to some other conference. Okay. Which, you know, I liked the people I went with. I got, you, I got to see some cool stuff. So you spent a lot of time talking about, like, curriculum and... No, no, not, not even that. It was oh. mostly schools that also were honored at this thing E <laughs> At this thingy. <laughs> talking about what they did to win the award thingy. Okay. <clears throat> And I'm mostly not interested in that. I mean, that there might be some maybe good things about that, like big picture things about a school. But I have so little control over any of that, that like all I want to talk about or learn about is my own subject area. Right. English, language, and literature. Right. And I presented at this thing a few years ago. And I, I think I was one of like two people out of this whole thing, you know, people from all over the country. Uh, I, so I was one of the only ones to actually t- uh, lead a seminar, breakout session, whatever, about the subject that I teach. I, I was going to say, well, you know what just occurred to me? Hmm. We didn't do our due diligence. We didn't. We didn't. Hold on. Hey, go ahead and like, share, subscribe, comment, tell a friend. All of the things that the internet requires of you. Yeah. Check out our other podcast, the Allensville Church of Christ, Pod, Church of Christ podcast on all uh, all major podcasting platforms. Allensville Church of Christ podcast. What episode is this, Justin? Man, I've been so many places, I don't even know. Uh, this this would be like episode overall, probably 51, but on the podcasting apps that we have already Plus or referred minus to. One. Right. Yeah, exactly. So we don't we don't have an exact official count, but we should. But this will be number thirty eight. But I mean, that's like, actually on. And yet I keep I, iTunes. I, I keep bringing it up. I don't know why. I, I guess I'm just amused by it. 
Okay, so coming back to your thingy. C- yeah, coming back to my thingy. Let me ask you a question, though. Here's something I always wondered. So as a language arts teacher, do you guys do breakout sessions and you talk about like the coolest ways of, uh, you know, diagramming a sentence? or They, they don't do that anymore. They, oh, it, no. it would be frowned upon. Oh, so you don't do anything that has any actual utility? It depends on what you mean by utility. Uh, things that happen in language arts classes tend to have plenty of utility, but the question is, like what like like what, what what's the goal here what are we trying to accomplish like are, are are we are we trying to impart the best of english language and literature to developing minds so that they understand and appreciate those things and are the kind of people who can um use those tools to think for themselves and to discover the things that are good and why they're good and the things that are bad and why they're bad or are we trying to inculcate them in a socially progressive system right. of that. I mean, that's kind yeah. of the point I'm making is yeah. like, I, I feel like if, the, if, if educators are having conferences, it isn't in, in how to better teach their subjects, but it's more in, you know, how to further the agenda. Yeah. That that's, that that's basically mm. what it is. Um, I, I've said, I don't know if I've said this to you, maybe, I've said it to some people. Um, so I've got a college education. Teachers are supposed to have college educations. I don't really think a whole lot of college educations. Like it doesn't really impress me very much. Mm-hmm. Um, in my experience, going to college, a person is educated just enough to never ask the right questions. Right. And and, and I, I think that's a problem. I mean, I, I don't think that... I mean, I think a person can go to college and it be a beneficial thing. But predominantly I'm concerned by how how little a lot of people want to think about the things that they're learning right I mean so so yeah like so it's one thing if a, if a if a professor you know happens to be socialist Marxist atheist whatever okay that's fine and, and, and you know, and he, the, the professor may or may not say that specifically, but like, th- or or if you go to a Christian college and you have like wonderful Christian professors, like think, mm-hmm. think, like whatever it is that they say, whatever it is that they have you read, think about it. Yeah. But what I find is that a lot of people just cheat their way through. Oh, certainly. College, yep. like th- they just copy whatever, copy and paste whatever, and. Because all they're trying to do is get the piece of paper to get the job, to get the money, so they can go to Florida, to the beach. Well, I, I guess the other thing is, is I, I almost feel like, how do I say this? Tell me if you don't understand what I'm saying. Uh, I haven't been to college. or Okay, I haven't. You've taken college I've taken classes. some college classes. I don't have a degree in education, but I'm capable of teaching. In yeah. fact, I bet I could teach algebra. Yeah. You know? Because you Because I've taken algebra. It. Right. Right. Like, I bet Madeline could teach diagramming sentences. Sure. Like, she would probably need a little bit more work, but probably the amount of work she would need would be, like, let me go ahead and refresh myself today, you know, tonight before I go into class tomorrow. Yeah. You know? And so sometimes it seems like with education, uh, man, like, I'm not trying to take anything away from teachers because I do... Uh, I don't envy them in a lot of ways and having to like deal with other people's kids and probably the pressures that we're getting from society, like particularly if you don't agree with them, I guess if you're on board with that mm-hmm. stuff, then it is what it is. Like there's a lot about that job that I don't envy, but I also sometimes feel like 
Um, well, I've said this before, and I think military types are amongst these folks where they get on the internet and, and it's just kind of this whole, you think you got it bad? Try being a fill in the blank, you know? Oh yeah. And it could yeah. be veterans, teachers, nurses. Right. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to throw teachers under the bus. I, I work with some, with some great people and I don't mean that all teachers everywhere are lousy, but when I look at like a, a, a wide range of interactions that I've had with college educated people. I don't mean that all of them are so bad, but I do get the impression. I mean, the, the our country is run by college-educated people, right? So, how are things going? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So that doesn't mean that there aren't wonderful people who have college educations. I mean, I try to be a good, good person, and, and I'm college-educated. I, I know other college-educated people who are who are really, really wonderful people, conscientious about their jobs and their families and faith and and all of that. So I'm I'm speaking really big picture. And so if I go to a conference with like a thousand people from all over the country, that that's kind of a good way to get a general sense of trajectory. Let's mm-hmm. say. So yeah, that that doesn't that doesn't mean that anybody who happens to be a teacher or a professional class something or other with a college education it doesn't mean that that person individually is guilty or of, of anything bad. But I, I I'm referring to the, the the trajectory of our country as it's being led right by, well, by by these sorts of people. And I guess to be clear, I'm also not trying to speak down from right. from a high place. I, I guess what I'm saying is I can sympathize with the idea of people <clears throat> attending a training. Uh, and, and the thing about the military is oftentimes when you come out, out of it, you have some sort of cer- literal certificate yeah. or badge you get to put on your uniform. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, uh, that means that you are now qualified in right. this right. subject area. But the reality is like, we all know that it's, it's only a matter of time before you don't remember how to do any of that stuff or, or you've really only like scratched the surface of what that, that subject matter subject matter encompasses so really you've you're like skill level one in said thing yeah but you'll get a lot of folks that walk around uh and like i mean i don't know maybe they were they literally think that we don't know that they don't actually know everything about the thing that they are supposedly a subject matter expert in Mm -hmm. but like we see through it you know yeah and so i'll say in, in defense of teachers um especially, you know, some of the really good ones that, that I, that I work with, you know, good folks, um, or just good ones in general. I think that, that sometimes, uh, they, they have good instincts because they're good people. Right. And so, so some of the bad things that they've been taught have maybe gone in one ear and out the other. Yeah. And so it hasn't had a, a negative yeah. effect and so like the way that they teach perhaps is better than the manner in which they've been quote yeah. unquote trained. Right. But so like when I go to things like that, like I'm, I'm just not letting stuff go in one ear and out the other. Yeah. Like I tend to take copious notes and, and really think about it Yeah. and think about the implications of yeah. the, the ideas that are, that are afoot. Yeah. And I was concerned. I was concerned. Um, so so that's a little bit about the, the, the conference that, that I went to, but I happen to have also been in DC at the, the, the same day that Roe versus Wade was overturned. Yeah. So that was interesting. Yeah. 
and and <laughs> <laughs> wait, hold on. Do you know what we're talking about yet? Yeah, I do actually. Oh, okay, <laughs> well, you, you're the one who asked me the question. You, you said it's been a while since we've. I know. Done I just this, and you're like, so where have you been? And so I'm telling you where I've. been. I know you. I know. I figured that. I just want to make sure I'm not leading. I'm not forcing you down the wrong path right now. No, no, I, no. I assumed whatever we were talking about would have something to do with that because I mean that's a. I don't know. I guess I don't think it's by any. It's not by accident that you were there for that. I would assume. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it wasn't an accident. So I, I could talk about the that teachers conference or educators conference or whatever you want to call it. Right. But yeah, I I think that there, there was some, some meaning in that, some purpose in that. So where I wanted to go and and you know, you know, some of this already because of my, my sermon today, you know, it's, it's one thing when you're, when you're talking to, to fellow believers, you know, we can exhort one another using the scriptures. Yeah. At least hopefully. Right. Right. Like hopefully you can say, Hey, I mean, whether it's, Hey, you're doing this wrong or, or like whether it's exhortation or encouragement, it can come from the scriptures because Mm -hmm. that matters to me and that matters to you. Right. Sometimes though, it seems like when it comes to, to social issues, we as Christians might be able to say, well, God says X or Y or Z about a particular topic. But what happens when that's not the situation? Right. What happens when the, the people that you're around or the people that you're dealing with don't don't share that faith? Yeah. What then? Right. I mean, is it hopeless? I I mean, I don't think so. I suppose that I, I suppose there are some people with whom it is hopeless. Yeah. Um I think you know, I think a lot of the folks that I've, I've I listen to nowadays. I mean, certainly there's a lot of folks that are uh, of Christian leaning, and then there's some who, uh, I mean, like you take like a Ben Shapiro, who's he's you know he's he's Jewish, but at the same time, you're still you can still make the same arguments with those with with uh, somebody like that. But I, I think they kind of go out of their way to make uh, maybe like the non-biblical argument for you know they things they believe as godly people. Mm-hmm. Because they know that doesn't work with everyone, yeah. Um, and so I think you can make, I guess, moral arguments maybe based on we'll call it like natural law, mm-hmm. uh, at least for now. Yeah. But I think the other thing is, I don't think most folks in this country realize how much of their morality uh, is rooted in Judeo-Christian ethic. Definitely. You know, and so I think whether they think they believe in the Bible or not, they they don't realize that. Like they kind of do, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps. Yeah. So the, the way that I, the way that I felt while I was at DC and I, I've been at DC or in DC a couple of times before and in both circumstances, I, I had a pretty similar, like, I don't know, gut reaction Yeah. to it. I mean, you know, I, like I was raised really, I mean, very, very much not just interested in What's the right word? I like. I don't want to say that that, that I, I like worshipped our our country or something, but you know, patriotic. Which I think patriotism is a very good thing. Yeah. So nothing that I'm going to say about DC is to cast any aspersions on like true godly patriotism, which I, I think is completely valid. Um, 
but I, I think that I, I looked at DC kind of like the Jews would have, would have felt about Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the Greeks would have thought about Athens. Yeah. Or anybody educated right. w- would have thought about Athens or, or Rome. You know, it's like, it's like the great, great city. Right. You know, there, there's so much history, history there, but it's more than just the history. It's that all of these ideas are supposed to be embodied or manifest or something in that place. Like right. it's like the foundation of the city, so to speak, would be these important founding concepts. You know, when I would think of DC, it's not even like, oh, well, you know, George Washington, he's really important, but the ideas that he was fighting for. So when I, the, 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 the times that I've been there, you know, I go and, and I almost, I, I don't know if I expected like some sort of borderline religious experience. Like, you know, I'm, I'm in this like cathedral of democracy or right. something. And, you know, I, like I would, I would like walk into a, you know, a place and, yeah. you know, and the, like the angels would sing or something like I, I, but I got there and, and it was like an icky feeling. Yeah. Like th- there, there's something, there's something not, not right let, let me going ask, on. As far as it being icky, let me ask you this just kind of on a more maybe superficial level. Was, yeah. was there a lot of barriers and things up? Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, th- I think that that probably didn't help. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, there, there, there were, I mean, barricades all the way around the house of representatives. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and that, that's a, that's a difficult thing to see. Yeah. And I don't mean that necessarily they should take them down exactly, Mm -hmm. but, but what does that say symbolically if the house of the people is not approachable by the people? So either the people aren't trustworthy and have to be kept away or the people who are inside of the place supposedly representing the people don't want to be connected to them. Yeah. Right. Or, or something like there's a, there's a disconnect. Yeah. I mean, which obviously any barricade Mm -hmm. is a disconnect and that that's the point of it. Right. But it's like either way you cut it there, there's something, there's something off. Yeah. Um, I mean, now, like, obviously I want our, our representatives, regardless of their politics to be protected. Yeah. So it's not like I think that they, that the, that they ought to be, you know, their lives threatened every day. Yeah. You know that, but I, I guess you could say that the the barriers around the place just indicate that that something is wrong. Yeah. Something is, is, is profoundly wrong. Um, which man, I, I'm 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 hesitant on whether I should say this or not, which is is funny though, because if you think about the the situation with like the Supreme Court and some of their rulings lately, and the people being outside their house, yeah, and you have members of Congress who are saying, well, like these kind of protests, these are good, and it's like, really, like there's police standing out front of these people's houses, like is that what we do when something good is going on? Mm-hmm. We have the police come out and and hold pe- keep people at bay. Like, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I, I think you're right in that it is at, at the very least an indicator that like something's off here. Yeah. And of course, yeah. So, so it's, it's not necessarily indicting any, any group in particular. It, it's, it's just evidence of, 
of there there being problems. Right. So then, of course, uh, the, the the ruling happened, and the next day, uh, I went down there to, to to see what was what was going on, and you know, just spent time in prayer. Ended up talking to a couple of people for a while, which was a really positive experience. But I, I definitely came away feeling a, a lot like Paul, and and maybe that sounds a, a little bit like self-inflated or something. I, I don't mean that I was Paul or I was as effective as Paul or as wise as Paul. So you, you could relate. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, g- good way of putting it. So could you read Acts seventeen sixteen through uh, 23? Yep. 23, okay. Yeah, 16 through 23. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both the Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus in the resurrection. Then they took him to the took him and brought him Uh, brought him to a meeting of the Areopagus where they said to him, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we would like to know what they mean. All the Athenians and foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship, and this is what I am going to proclaim to you. All right, so I I really felt that Paul's situation was relatable because how did he feel? Uh, Distressed. Yeah, that's a really good word. It's it's how I felt looking at a lot of gates up barring people from from certain areas. It's it's how I felt looking at uh, crowds of of angry people and and the kinds of signs that they were holding up. And 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 by the way, like regardless of of the whatever the the hot button issue happens to be that ends up generating protests, the scriptures say that the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Yeah. And so when I see, and well, you know, and it's one thing to be angry about injustice, mm-hmm. but then when there's cursing, yeah, it's, there's, there's, there's nothing, I don't know how many good things come from curses. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't think, I can't think of any good things that, that come from curses. Do you mean as though like, like I'm putting a curse on you or are you saying like swearing? Well, I mean. I'm not sure what the difference is necessarily. Right. I guess swearing is like swearing with an oath. Like, like I'll be danged. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's swearing. But then cursing is like pronouncing malediction upon another person. And, and that, that's what this crowd was literally doing. Like they were going down the list of justices that did not vote to yeah. uphold Roe versus Wade, and it was, you know, expletive Thomas, 
expletive yeah. Barrett right. and all, all the way down the list. And you know, they would do that and then they'd do some other chants and then they, then they, you know, kind of circle back around well, to that one. It was, it was liturgical. Right. Which, uh, man, I really try not to jump too far ahead because we've obviously had a little bit of this talk already. Yeah. You know, and this, this may sound un-American. Go ahead and tell me I'm not American, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like, I, I know we have the right to protest, but I, I've, I've never really understood the utility of it, particularly in the way, mm-hmm. at least I understand it's done, where they will literally section the two factions off and it's like they stand across the street from, eno- from each other and just scream. Yeah. You know? Like, like I, I think being able to have like a conversation is going to have more utility, but it seems like there yep. are some who just want to go and scream into the abyss, whether it's in that situation or into the abyss of the internet, you know? Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to say about this passage, though, that I, it occurred, occurred to me as we were reading it this time is kind of like what you were just saying, this idea of being able to uh, talk to those who, you know, whose beliefs are rooted in the Bible and, you know, I know with the kids downstairs, we did a map study several, a couple years back. And we, one of the things we did was Paul's missionary journey. And the thing you notice is everywhere he went, the first place he goes is the synagogue. Yeah. You know, which, which he's done here. And you'll notice that he's distressed before he goes to the synagogue as well, mm-hmm. you know? And so you can certainly be frustrated in your interactions with folks who do claim to, uh, claim that the source of their beliefs is the same as, as yours, you know? And I guess something else that was interesting is when you notice the interaction Paul had. And so I, I guess jumping ahead, I, I would almost say it's like the inverse. We see the inverse now, but back then often the people that were chasing him off and trying to kill him were folks that claimed to also believe as he did. And mm-hmm. he was at any, and many times he was saved by virtue of being Roman. Yes, that's right. You know, whereas, uh, I kind of feel like nowadays it's again it's the other way around where, uh, the folks that the folks that are uh, are coming for you to to destroy you whether to cancel you to to whatever you know whatever that whatever that might look like, um, it's not that they are a religious and I think that's kind of the, one of the points you're making. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I I feel like a lot of people of faith and granted, like again, this does not apply always and everywhere. It's it's the it's people of faith who seem to be willing to have a rational conversation and and it's it's not so much the case on the other side. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I, I will say, I mean, like I mentioned, I did end up having a, a very long conversation with with a couple of people who were there to protest, <clears throat> not on my side. Yeah, but like I, I didn't, I didn't like. I mean, I, I did wait into the middle of it for 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 a little while just to see what was up. Right. But then when I was, when I was leaving that there was, there were a couple of people that I talked with and because it was away from the middle of it, I was going to say, so what, what was the situation? Like how, how did you, how were you able to peel these folks apart or had they had peeled themselves away or something? Yeah. 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 Okay. And like I I was just leaving and I, and I saw somebody with a, a sign that, that I found to be interesting. Yeah. And so like I saw it and just kept going. Then I got a few steps away and, and turned back around and just walked back and said, well, um, can I ask you a question? And yeah. the person said, yeah. And I just asked what it meant. Yeah. And then I, I sat down and, and we, what did the sign say? Uh, say no to Christo fascism. Okay. And so my question was, what's Christo fascism? Well, I said, what, what's fascism? Mm. 
and then like she, she started explaining and I, and I just pointed out like, I, I'm really not, I'm not being belligerent. Like I, I really want to, I really want to know because I, I, I think that there's a lot of just kind of poor definitions floating around. Yeah. So I, like I, tr- I tried to be, this was a, like, like I was being genuinely inquisitive. This is a guy or a girl girl. I guess let me, let me ask a couple questions so I can, I, I don't know. These are just things I'm curious about. Yeah. Uh, do, do you know if this young lady was up on the, you know, the screaming line at some point? I sort of doubt that she was screaming, but I, I'm sure she was in the middle of it. Okay. What, what would you say like the, I mean, what, so was there a lot of young ladies up there? Yes. Both sides? No, it, no, the, the, the place was really one-sided. Okay. Very, very much one-sided. There was a small little group of, uh, pro-lifers. Uh-huh. A very small group, just a, I don't know, four or five of them or something. Yeah. You know, standing off to the side. Um, one of them, one of them was, was engaged in, in a, in a lengthy conversation that seemed to be respectful. Yeah. Um, you know, the a guy or a girl, it, it was a guy talking to a girl okay. again. And, and there, there were protesters who, who were, who like noticed, Oh, those are pro-lifers, you know, and expressing a, a lot of, so you're saying the pro-lifer in that situation was a guy. The pro-lifer was a guy. Okay. Yeah. It was, I think it, it was a small, it was a family. Okay. It, I think it was like a, a, uh, maybe I guess middle-aged husband and wife, mm-hmm. like young middle-aged, like maybe 40, early forties right? with a couple of, uh, kids. I mean like mostly grown, like teenage kids. One of them looked like he might be in college mm-hmm. and, and they were there and they weren't shouting anything at all. They were just holding signs that said, love them both. Yeah. Which, you know, you would think that would, that would resonate. It's obviously inflammatory. Yeah. Obviously inflammatory. Yeah. Love them both. I thought that love wins. Right. That doesn't love win. Uh, depends on your fine love, I guess. And who you're loving. Right. But I thought that whoever you loved, it was good. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I thought uh, maybe not. Um, so, so when you say it's one sided, then it was mostly pro choicers, mostly mm-hmm. female. Yeah, I would say mostly female, but th- th- there were a lot of men there too. Okay. Well, a lot. Yeah. A lot. So so the pro-life side was underrepresented though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Humongously. Okay. Under underrepresented. Yeah. And and I think I mean maybe there were there were more there the day before. I'm not sure. It happened on a Friday. I was there on a Saturday. And I mean so so it was loud and it was angry. But it, it wasn't, it was not violent. Well, I guess what's interesting to me about that, though, is the thing I described earlier where it's like, when we've seen these protests uh, in the past, again, it's very much two factions that have been separated from each other and they're screaming at each other. Yeah. Which now, but it seems like what you're describing is, is very much just one faction yes. yelling at the building, I yes. guess. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Right. And... Yes, that's that, that. That's that was the case. So this other, so this young lady had, for whatever reason, you know, separated herself from the group, and, mm-hmm. and you were able to kind of catch her uh, individually. Yeah, I mean, she, she was just like sitting under a tree. Yeah, and so the first thing you asked her is, "What's fascism?" Yeah, and what what'd she say to that? Um, basically, it was uh, religious authoritarianism. That, Cri- that, Religious authoritarianism. So that's all fascism, not just Christo-fascism? Right. And, and, and I, I guess the, the, uh, the implication is that it's, it's Christians who tend to be 
fascist. Interesting. We didn't really get into the, the, the Christo part right. of it as much that there was somebody else who came up and just heard us talking and, and wanted to talk to, um, who also had a, an interesting sign. I don't remember exactly what it said. Something about, uh, guns having more rights than women. Yeah. That's a pretty common one. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you there, there seems to be a lot of that. And I mean, I'm hearing from the, this, seeing this from family members of mine where, uh, the whole pro life agenda is folks forcing their Christian and or Jewish religious beliefs on people. <laughs> You know, yeah. And th- there was another sign there that I saw that it, it said something to the effect of, you know, like separation of church and state. Don't force your religion on me, or like something about m- morality. Like, like, oh man, I, I took a picture of it. L- l- let me let me look at it real quick. So say what you were saying about your family. Uh, I mean, I guess that's that. I mean, again, these are these are folks that quote unquote claim to be, if not Christians, believe in God, but they're saying that that by you know, I guess advocating for the pro-life stance, you're forcing your religion on people, mm-hmm. which um, I, I, I guess what am I saying there? It's like I said before, I think there is a moral case to be made for not having abortions from a purely, you know, naturalistic worldview. Mm-hmm. I mean, like at the end of the day, my belief is rooted in what the Bible says. But I, again, to your point, I understand that that is not going to doesn't doesn't necessarily have authority in, in the lives of a lot of people, but I don't think, I don't think that that necessarily matters when it comes to the value of life, the sanctity of life. Yeah, here's what, here's what that sign said. It said, "Don't fuse religious views with the law." Yeah, don't fuse religious views with the law. So, I, and I don't know where this is come. I'm, I'm guessing maybe this is kind of where you're going with some of this. Yeah. Or at least this is what I'm reminded of because we were talking downstairs uh, this morning in the teen class about relationships, and so one of the things I asked them was, "What is, uh, like, how would we define an appropriate relationship?" Okay. And so they went around with. I, I just had them go around the table and name something, mm-hmm. and most of the things that you got were very much what you'd expect to get out of a Sunday school class. Mm-hmm. You know, like very biblical things. You yeah. know, um, and then there were some that I think. You might might be a religious like communication. Communication mm-hmm. is important in a relationship, or maybe it seems like that. Okay, but like one of the things that came up was loyalty, and and again to my point earlier about, I I think people don't appreciate how much their beliefs or their way of thinking is rooted in the, Ju- the Judeo Christian ethic in this country. Because I bet if you ask most folks on the street if they think they think that like their partner, significant other, spouse whatever, any relationship, frankly, like if that relationship should be one that is free of deceit, if that was important, Mm -hmm. I think they'd say yes. Right. And so that, that's, that's what's so, so interesting about the situation that, that I was, that I was in. And, and this is what I was, I was mulling over. And this is what was, uh, I don't know, a product of of the, the distress, you know, to, to borrow from what, what, what the scriptures say about Paul. I knew I couldn't go in there and convince anybody that they were wrong about abortion. Right. But you know, Paul didn't go in trying to convince everybody they were wrong about the gods they were worshiping. Zeus or Jupiter. Right, right. He he didn't say, here are five reasons why Jupiter ain't a thing. Yeah. He, he he, he, He went in to tell them 
on the one hand, you know, okay, so you have this God that you don't know about. Mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you about him. Yeah. So it's like he was trying to find, despite his distress and probably even anger, trying to find like a, just a common ground, common ground. Yeah, exactly. And so that's, but that, that's what I was trying to do. Yeah. When, when I was there, but I, I had been already mulling that over quite a bit before I, I ended up going down there, which I, I did very much as a, as an afterthought at first. I, I was like, man, I'm not, no way I'm going down there. Um, yeah. Partly because I thought it was going to be a whole lot rowdier. Right. And a whole lot more involved than it ended up being. Yeah. And so b- by the time Saturday rolled around, I thought, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go down there. So what's really interesting about <clears throat> all of these angry people protesting and, and something like, don't fuse religious views with the law. It's like, okay, well, they are, they're making universal moral claims because, you know, they're saying that abortion is right. Right. They're not just saying it should be legal. Mm-hmm. They're saying it's, it's right. Right. And that it's right everywhere. Like it should, mm-hmm. it's not just, it should be legal. Clearly it, like a state by state basis isn't sufficient because, like that's all the Supreme Court did. Yeah, they said, well, okay, it's up to the states to decide. That that's not good enough. Yeah, it's not good enough because the because they're saying that this is a universal thing. Yeah, like if there were any place in the world that said, no, you can't have an abortion, the people there would say that's wrong. Right. Not just I disagree with it. Not just I don't like it. Yeah. But that is wrong. Yeah. So okay. So that that's really interesting because now all of a sudden we're talking about transcendent morality. Yeah. It's like okay. So how do we get that? Right. And so that's. I sort of thought you know if I talk to anybody, <clears throat> that that might be a place that I I might try, which is kind of like Paul saying you know you you all are you all are really religious. Yeah. Man, like you all are, are really, you're making some moral claims. Yeah. So let's, let's try to understand like where that might come from. Like how in the world, how, how in the world can anybody possibly say that any particular thing happens to be right or wrong? Yeah. So I, I don't know if we're quite going to, to wade into that quite yet maybe not maybe not today this might be another part two type of situation yeah but between then and now one of the things that i've looked into is the word religious Uh you know kind of inspired by that by that picture yeah don't fuse religious views with the law one of the reasons that was so distressing is that this guy doesn't realize and it was a guy holding the sign interesting yeah he, he didn't realize how religious he was yeah. So, all right. Question. <laughs> <laughs> We're at 49 minutes. <laughs> We're at 49. Okay. What, what is, what, what, what is religion? Like, what does that, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, I guess I don't know exactly like the exact definition. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'll just reiterate the, the points I made earlier when we were standing in church after, after service. And yeah, that's that. Yeah, do that. Um, I've heard a couple folks say this now, and it's also, but, and I want to think that I noticed some of this myself. Uh, a guy who comes to mind in particular is a guy named John McWhorter. Um, he, he's got some interesting, so. I read one of his books. Have you? 
yeah, what language is and what it ought to be or something like okay, that. Okay, yeah, yeah, because he, he is or, a li- really bright, yeah, by trade, right? Yeah, really bright guy. Yeah, and, and so anyways, one of the things he's talked about is how kind of like the quote-unquote wokeism we see in our country is effectively a religion. Yeah. And so maybe there's no higher power in the sense that, you know, we have a God or, or that I guess in, in, in the Christian sense, mm-hmm. but there is a God, you know, uh, or maybe like an idea. So, so maybe it's like ideology, you know, is sure. Something somewhat synonymous. And, and so, uh, well, actually, so I, I, let me finish that thought and I'll make another one. And, and so, you know, in, in, uh, watching what's gone over the, on over the last couple of years, like if nothing else, there seems to be some religious practice when it comes to some of these causes, because there are, uh, we'll say scriptures. There are sacred texts, if you yeah. will, like books that you need to read. There are uh, clergy, like there are prominent figures. There are incantations. Yeah. There, there is the way you are to conduct yourself when you have sinned, right? Like mm-hmm. to issue an apology and then change. Your, so there is some sort of form of repentance. There's even predestination. How so? Well, there's predestination in the sense that people who who were who are born into a favored minority ah uh, yeah okay are declared to be righteous by that group identity right and people who aren't are declared to be guilty yeah by 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 their respective um non-preferred uh group identity so and and i mean i guess again that's kind of talking about the wokeism but where where i've seen this before too is in you know maybe some of my own struggles with uh you know my faith in the past where i've tried to understand uh you know why people like what what atheists believe and why and so in studying um evolution and the big bang theory versus string theory and 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 all these different ways that folks think the world came into being and and the zealousness with which they will argue with one another i mean it's like it's like watching the you know the christians or, or the baptists argue with the catholics like and so I remember thinking that myself, thinking that in that experience where it's like, oh, this is just as much a religion as what I practice. Sure. Yeah. Th- th- there, there are various denominations of atheism. Right. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, again, I guess when it comes to what is religion, I don't know. It seems to be like a set of beliefs or ideology. And then maybe with that, there's the, again, requisite, quote unquote, clergy and, and mm-hmm. canon and, you know uh sacraments yeah so all of those all of those things which i agree with everything that you just said i would say that those would be facets of maybe organized religion right but then we're left with the question of what do we mean by religion in the first place okay and so you know like usual i i start looking at the etymology yeah and it was it was really surprising what i found because it fit so well with other etymologies that I've dug into mm-hmm. recently. So uh, religion, religious, those words, um, there are three proposed etymologies. Are our mics okay? Yeah, I'm just oh, okay. raising mine a little bit. Repositioning, gotcha. Right, go ahead. Yeah, so there are three proposed um, etymologies let's see if I've got them pulled up. I, I wrote them down in my notes, but of course I forgot my, my notebook, but I think I've still got the tab pulled up from where I was, from where I was looking at it. Let's see. 
Yeah, yeah, th- there we go. Okay, so one of them comes from uh, from Cicero, uh, you know, old uh, philosopher mm-hmm. sort of guy. Yeah. Cicero. I know the name. I don't know. I could say, oh, that's a teaching of Cicero. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I can't either, yeah. but the name rings a bell. So um, he saw religion as, as being a compound of re and then legere. Okay. Meaning um, basically to, to read again. Okay. So obviously reading is, is a big part of, of religion. Yeah. You know, most religions out there, whether they're uh, monotheist, polytheist, whatever, they tend to have religious books. So in other words, like as, as a set of beliefs organizes, they're often organized through and with and in conjunction with the writing of, of books. Yeah. So that there's this, um, this collection of, of the sacred writings of the sages down through, mm-hmm. down through time. Uh, but another, another possibility for it, Let's see. Let me let me pull that up again. By the way, for anybody who wants to research etymology in a in a really uh, user friendly way, I recommend the online etymology dictionary. So if you just go to well, don't go to Google. Um, they hate you, so don't uh, <laughs> try out Brave. 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 Yeah, there's a search engine called Brave, which does what DuckDuckGo said that it would do, and just give like honest results. Mm-hmm. So yeah, look it up on Brave, um, or it's uh, E-T-Y-M-O-N-L-I-N-E, so like edimonline.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, just a labor of love from a guy who doesn't get any money for it. There are no ads on it, and it's just, he. it's a compendium of, and that's always added to, like he's still working on putting lots of etymologies online. Anyway. So uh, the three ideas on religion, uh, we, we talked about one <clears throat> coming from Cicero, like to go through again, to read again. The next idea uh, pops up in Augustine, where it's uh, religare. The idea is that it comes from religare, R-E-L-I-G-A-R-E, which means to bind fast or to rely. And it's the idea of to place an obligation on or indicates uh, a bond between humans and gods. And in that case, the re would be intensive. So it's, it's like a, a, a really strong bond. But again, like obligation, like we could see how mm-hmm. all religions do say something about a person's obligations. Right. Like the things that a person ought to do versus the things that a person ought not do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... With both of those options, we, we can see, okay, yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. But I think that if you go even further back, maybe the best, the best idea, the most basic understanding that I can find for, for the word uh, religion is that it comes from a word um, religions, R-E-L-I-G-I-E-N-S, which means careful. And it's the opposite then of negligens. Oh. Religions means careful and negligens is the opposite of that. So then I, I went to the word negligent to, to, to try to see, you know, obviously it's a, uh, you know, neg, you know, that, that's clearly a, a, a prefix there. Negative. Right. Yeah. So the, the neg of course means not, 
And then the, again, legere, L-E-G-E-R-E, means to pick up or select. And it comes from the Proto-Indo-European root leg, which means to collect or gather. And it's from that, from that L-E-G, ancient, ancient root, that we get all sorts of words like law, legal, uh, lexical, lexicon, mm. logo, logos, log, league, all, all of those words come from that. So even the whole concept of reading, which I already mentioned from Cicero, the concept of reading is a, it's, it's really using the legere root in a metaphorical sense. Mm-hmm. Because the, you know, it's, it's, it's obvious that you have to have literal meanings before you have any figurative meanings. Mm-hmm. Because if I say it's raining cats and dogs, that doesn't mean anything unless we know what real cats are, real dogs are, and, and real rain. Right. So the, 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 the whole idea behind religions or religions, whatever it is, it's the things that we're picking up. Okay. The things that we're selecting. You know, like, like we're, we're going out to, to pick the food that we need to eat. And obviously there's, there, there are those things which are good to eat and there are those things which aren't, which as soon as we realize that the word religion really has to do with eating the right stuff, it takes us all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Okay. Sorry, I, I got a little sidetracked though. Yeah. You said something, what did you say about to group or gather? Yeah, yeah. So that, that's, that's really the, the idea behind the word uh, religion. You know, religions uh-huh. being the opposite of negligence. Yeah. And so uh, the, the re there is, is an intensive uh, particle. Uh-huh. And then legere which again, neglect, uh, neg, neg ligere. The ligere part means pick up or select. Okay. So it's like a hunter-gatherer, you know, type Yeah. Type of word. So earlier when we were talking about fascism and the definition. I'd heard this earlier this week, and so I just went ahead to, went, went to the etymology online and look up fascist, and it says, uh, from 1920, Italian party partito, nazionale fascista, the anti-communist political movement, uh, from Italian fascio group association, literally bundle. Yeah. Like a bundle of sticks Yeah, or a bundle of rods. Right. So it's that idea of gathering together, I guess. And and apparently, um, they would be used as like, um, peers as the foundation of a house. Okay. So I, I think that the idea behind fascism is that it's, it's trying to reform the foundation Yeah. or to create a new foundation. Okay for you know society yeah um so that sounds like it it's supposed to be constructive except it it also ends up being revolutionary and progressive because it's saying that whatever the foundation is currently has to be replaced with what we say the foundation ought to be well it's almost like the whole idea of uh, anarchy like there's no such thing as anarchy because anarchy itself is is a you know the like anarchy is supposed to be a lack of organization but even anarchy itself would be a form of organization, right? Like that kind of thing. Right. So I, I, th- I think that in practice, the, the, like the actual intellectual anarchists would say that it's not that they favor uh, dissolution of all governments, but that power should be as decentralized as possible. Right. 
So an anarchist wouldn't necessarily be against local governance. The anarchist, again, I, I don't mean like crazy people. Like I, I'm talking about like high school kids who have a big A on their backpack. Oh, yeah. That's just called rebellion. Yeah. Like teenage. It's A for angst. Right. And anger. Right. And maybe other words that maybe I shouldn't say on a rated PG talk show. <laughs> Thingy. Thingy. Yeah. Okay. So religion right so with all of that etymology yeah what's what's our takeaway okay the the takeaway so if we go if we go back to that sign that i saw mm-hmm. that was pretty distressing right like don't oh man what, what is it again i don't want to misquote it don't fuse religious views with government with the law with the law don't fuse religious views with the law so there Everyone is religious, right? And, and that's kind of the, the the way that I. So it's almost like a right back at you, right? It's like, yeah. well, yeah, you you are religious because there are clearly things that you're saying are right, right, and things that you're saying are wrong. Like you are picking out X and saying that X is good, and you're picking out Y and you're saying that Y is bad. Yeah. And so they think that that the word religion has to do with some sort of organized code or organized expression of theistic faith. Yeah. When that's that's not what the word really means. Yeah. And 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 it's because of the etymology of 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 the word religion itself that validates what you said about the the woke thing absolutely being a religion. Right. Because you don't have to say anything about the existence or non-existence of God or gods to be religious. Actually, in fact, you might say in the beginning, and this is this is going to get into a whole different part also, so I'm, I'm not going to completely go there, but however you fill in the, the blank, in the beginning, like in the beginning blank. Yeah. Okay, so that's a faith statement. Right. So then once you make that faith statement, particular things that you run into are going to appear to be either good or bad. Uh However, the things that that you see as being good or bad, uh, that determination is influenced by or determined by that foundational faith statement. Right. Yeah. So all that to say, I had plenty in common with now it doesn't mean that I could just go up to any any particular person and talk necessarily right but but be, because I I was trying to, to to recognize those things put those ideas together I did have something in common with people there to such an extent that I, I could have a conversation kind of like Paul did in Athens right and I, I don't we know from from the text there in Acts that there were a few, I mean, a lot of people just wrote them off. Yeah. But there, there were a few who ended up accepting Christ. Yeah. And, and then kind of following. Yeah. Following uh, Paul and, and his teaching. And so I don't know what's going to shake out from the people that, that I talked to, but I don't know. I, I, I think that I, I like said... You, like you didn't exchange phone numbers or anything. Um, Actually, I did because I invited them out to the goat farm. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they're gonna take you up on that. You know, I I hope so. Yeah, yeah, I I hope so. Um, and and there's more that that I would say uh, um about all that, you know, kind of 
off the record. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, let me just say, like, even though I don't know what's going to become of, of the people I talked with, I think because I knew the story of Paul, yeah, it enabled me to have a conversation that was, at, I mean, th- those, those people, they couldn't possibly say that all Christians are ignorant, hateful people. Yeah. You know, which is, I mean, if you hold a sign that says, you know, say no to Christ of fascism, you know, you kind of got some anger against some Christian people. Right. You know, at, at least, you know, th- there, there's, there's somebody who, who talked and listened and asked questions and was, was respectful. And I hope that that's something that the Lord can use for his glory. Well, you know, and maybe this is something that, uh, folks on the pro-life side or Christians in general could do a better job of because that we, the, the Sunday after that, we talked about it in the, the teen class and, you know, I mean, I guess I, I almost want to assume that some of those kids down there, particularly since it's, it's predominantly young men, maybe don't appreciate this, but it's like, I don't know. Like, I, like, it's not as though I can't empathize with the idea of, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a woman, right? But like, I, I can, I guess I, I can put myself in a place where I wake up one morning and, uh, I may have been responsible for creating a life that I didn't intend to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, particularly since I have children, like I'm very much aware of the responsibility that comes with that, Yeah, you know, and how, you know, I, I mean, I think about like there was a time where we had no kids and, and Jessica was pregnant and then all of a sudden it was time for that kid to come and 36 hours later they were in our life and now it's like, I remember thinking like, man, so like I have to be responsible, like like I have to have accountability of this human 24 mm-hmm. hours a day, seven yeah. days a week. Yeah. Like, man, that's, that is definitely a, uh, you know, like it's life altering. Right. So I get that. I get if you're in a place in your life where you're not prepared for that, how like the, the uh, anxiety that that might cause. Right. I understand that. I can appreciate that. But, uh, I guess it just, it doesn't justify, it doesn't justify, um, I guess what they're, they're willing to do in Mm -hmm. my, you know, my understanding of the Bible and just maybe my personal opinion. And so I guess my point there is like, I don't like, like, do do they truly think that we can't sympathize with that, that we can't sympathize with sin? You know, Mm -hmm. like we can, we can sympathize with sin, you know, uh, which is why we know it's wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and again, but maybe we just need to folks on our side, folks on their side, certainly like need to be better at maybe, like you said, finding, finding that common ground. Yeah. And so, you know, if we're dealing with, with each other, you know, we, we can quote the scriptures to each other. Like if, if I were talking to a Christian person, like a person who professed faith in Christ, I would definitely talk about the, the various scriptures that indicate and, and and church also church tradition like the writings of the the early church fathers that that clearly show how horrendous child sacrifice is mm-hmm. but 
we might be in situations like Paul was in Athens at the Areopagus and like I was at the Supreme Court where, okay, so th- th- there, there are people here who like, I can't, I-, I might be able to share the wisdom of the scriptures, but it's like, so, so why are you pro-life? Well, because I'm a Christian and God says so. Right. Like, well, okay, that's true. Like I, yes, God says so. And that really is true, but God, God has reasons. Yeah. And, and if it's like, you know, like there's the letter of the law and there's the spirit of the law or, or if like, we're not, if if we as Christians aren't trying to, to understand God's wisdom and, and be able to explain that to people who don't share our faith, man, I mean, I mean, clearly Paul was able to do that. Yeah. You know, Paul, Paul didn't go to them and and start quoting from the scripturesms i mean of course he he was he was stating scripture right because he was inspired by the holy spirit but you know when he was talking to the jews man he was quoting the old testament left and right right yep but here he's simply saying what god's going to do yeah and but 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 all of that was predicated by establishing common ground yeah and so it's not, he wasn't wishy-washy. Yeah. He wasn't saying, you know, I'm okay, you're okay. He wasn't saying, okay, all of you people are right, and I just want to affirm you yeah. and support you. Yeah. No, he started with common ground and then moved from there to the actual truth that, that he knew um, about the Lord and communicated it to them in a way that they could understand so that they could actually either affirm it or reject it. Yeah. Well, and, and again, I don't want it to seem as though, uh, yeah, right. Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is, um, it, it <laughs> we we can relate to people who think things that we know to be wrong, to be sinful, because we ourselves are also sinful, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess I'm not saying that that's how the conversation would go. It's like, look, you're sinning. I sin too. That's why I can relate to you. <laughs> that's not. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying though is, is, is it's more of a. I can appreciate the gravity of the situation of somebody having an unplanned, unplanned pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate the gravity of that, and I can understand the temptation to want to, you know, go somewhere and just get it taken care of, because mm-hmm. that would be a simple solution, wouldn't it? You know, like you yeah. just get your life back on the right track. So it's not, it's not as though we can't appreciate the temptation there. It doesn't make it right. Mm-hmm. And so you got to find a way to get them to understand why it's not right. Yeah. And so because of that, like I completely skipped the whole abortion question. Right. And, and I, and I went more to, you know, religion and faith. And I mean, the fact that the people there were making universal moral claims. Right. And okay, so how do we do that? Mm-hmm. Like, how ha- how how is it that that we have any sense of a universal? How could something be right universal? And and, and what I found is is that you know, um, I mean, so there were some people that I talked to, you know, there at the thing. I mean, just you know, kind of a little ways away from the Supreme Court. But then there were some other people I ended up talking to over the course of the trip, and you know, I think that that it might be a good. This might be a good way to approach people we disagree with, like kind of skip what whatever the issue is, yeah. and go to more foundational yeah. things, right? Because there, there, there was a great deal of of what I was 
discussing with them or asking them about that they had never thought about. Right. And so I find that to be hopeful because there was also interest mm-hmm. on their parts. Right. So again, it, it's not it's not that they were like, okay, there's water, let me be baptized. But I, like, I think that there were seeds planted right. because I skipped the hot button issue that they were angry about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, went to went to more basic things. Right. And I think things that I think that Christians often take for granted because they're so obvious to us that we don't think about them and how to communicate them to people who don't have our same background. Like how do you define what is right and what is good? Sure. Absolutely. What is moral? What is religion? What is faith? Yeah. Oh man. I was talking about words, you know, faithfulness. We studied that alone a couple weeks ago. So yeah. Mm. I'm feeling like you're ready to stop and wind down. It's only because I, I know that, I mean, there, there are like three or four other streams of thought where this could go. Yeah. And it might just have to wait for a uh, part two. Okay. Any final thoughts or they they've been said, I think the final thoughts are that the thoughts are incomplete. It's a theme today. Yeah. To borrow from your communion meditation, which was solid by the way. <laughs> I'm glad you think so. <laughs> y- y'all need to go over to the uh, Allensville Church of Christ Facebook page and check out uh, Byron's communi- communion meditation for July 10th. That's today, right? That's today. That's today. All right. It's your turn. Shall we pray? We shall. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day, and uh, I'll go ahead and say it. We thank you that this Supreme Court decision has been overturned, and we pray, that, pray that this is, uh, you know, a foreshadowing of maybe some good that could come from this this whole situation with with the abortion debate in our country. Uh, God, we ask that you bless this time that we've had together studying your word. Pray that pray that it might be of benefit to uh, those that are listening to it. We thank you for Jesus. We pray that you help us to be more like him. In his name, we pray. Amen. Amen.